0: Back cut, Gordon Hayward to the rack, slam dunk. <laughs> 7-0 run by the Jazz, they lead by three. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It is Locked On Jazz for the 27th of January. Gordon Keyword's of All-Star. Hard work pays off. We'll break down and look at some of the work he put in the offseason and tell the stories about what he and the crew put together. Rudy Gobert gets the snub. Is it going to be the last snub? Is he an all-star for years to come? We'll analyze that. The jazz offense doesn't seem to be quite right. We'll look into what's going on with that as well. It is a Friday edition of Locked On Jazz. Pum bum 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 bum. Pow. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice in Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Boy, things are nuts in the NBA. Between Dwayne Wade and Rondo, LeBron and what he's upset about, Cantor punching a chair. Jokic might have got hurt last night, too. Uh, there's just craziness, craziness, craziness going on around the NBA. We'll try to get to it. I decided we will not do a Pack Friday this week, uh, only because, you know, There's some value to letting some time pass between the next one. I originally planned to do it kind of every other week. And then we've actually had enough information and stories and trade rumors and all-stars and this and that that it became interesting to do it every week. So that's uh, why we've done that. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Hyundai, the good people at Murdoch, the great Murdoch family, and my super fun new car, the Santa Fe. Uh, And I think I told the story earlier this week about bumping into Kevin Graham and Kevin all fired up about his Sonata. If you're in the market for a car, uh, I would and you're like me and you're going to, you know, mark around. Okay, I've always had one brand. Check it out. Just take the time to look and compare what you get for the money. Uh, Hyundai is really brought up an innovative, stylish, dependable vehicles. I know what I originally thought of the brand, but I am driving the Santa Fe Sport right now, and it is awesome. Every little detail uh, imaginable, including heated seats in the back for my daughter. She loves that. We found that last yesterday. It's like every day we find a new little uh, tool that's going on there that they have. Uh, Plus, you've got 185 horsepower on the Santa Fe Sport. It's got the power. It drives beautifully. It's got great space inside. And then the people at Murdoch are good people. Uh, This is a longtime Utah family. Uh, I've gotten to know Blake a little bit over there with them. They've got three locations, Lyndon, Murray, and Logan, for your Hyundais. And check them out. The Sonata is uh, beautiful. Uh, That's what Kevin was raving about, I think I told you about. I'm driving the Santa Fe right now. There's also the Tucson. Uh, So be sure uh, to give it a look. Put it on your list if you're shopping for a car, uh, and I think you'll be surprised. And the Hyundai dealers that I've now – or people that I've now met that since I've been driving one uh, are all kind of fired up about the fact that they, it's like they got a little steal. They, they found a little secret that nobody else knows about. And so uh, you can see kind of the pride and excitement they have uh, out of that. Go check them out at Hyundai at 46, 46 South State Street in Murray uh, and you'll find out about the difference between the Murdoch dealership, the No Regrets uh, approach that they take to making sure you have a good experience. And I think you'll really find out. We'll be very surprised about what the Hyundai car is. I certainly have been with the Santa Fe. So they bring us today's Friday edition. We thank them uh, for that very much. So and uh, let's dig in with our pin across the world before we uh, the uh, before we dig into the whole fun thing about Gordon being an all star. I could not be more excited. Uh, for Gordon, and we'll we'll talk some about that uh, coming up. All right, let's bounce around. Where are we going to go? Where's our pin across the world? Who sent us a pin across the world that I need to read that I haven't read? Let's go old time. Let's sneak around and see if I can find one from long, long time ago. Um, And I'm glad to see that my uh, fun with our Austin Powers, Dr. Evil, has not suddenly led to a plethora of fakes. I thought it was fun for a day, and so... um, And I was then all of a sudden afterwards, I was completely petrified that it was going to lead to um, everybody doing uh, these all the time. Uh, I'm listening from a sunny place in Shady, for Shady People, Las Vegas, he writes. This is from Brian Seal. Uh, This was sent a little while ago. I've only been listening to your podcast for a year or so, but I've followed you on Twitter for years, and I've read Empty the Noggin after every game. I'm a small town, three hours out from Salt... I'm from a small town, about three hours outside of Salt Lake, called Elko, Nevada. I know there's helicopter skiing there. I uh, was growing up, we'd make day trips and come see the Jazz three or four times a year during the Sloan Stockton Malone era, and that's how I became a Jazz fan. I've been a diehard ever since. I will say that you make a better Jazz fan, NBA fan on me. appreciate your work. I also feel like I have better read on the game of basketball. I really appreciate all you do. My Mom and I will beat an upcoming game. Thank you. That is from Brian Seal in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, for your pin across the world, send me your pin at dlock09 at gmail.com. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's talk about Gordon being an all star. It's really it's a fabulous story. Uh, I couldn't couldn't be happier for G. The Think I, I have to tune in. I also have to give him credit. Like I've been asked a lot of times about this and said I simply just didn't think it was possible. So, you know, I, I, I couldn't be happier, more excited for him, the work he's put in, and we'll talk about that. But if I'm truthful about it, I didn't think he could do this. Not that I doubted him as much as I just... The difficulty of being one of 12 guys in a conference is virtually impossible. And so for him to be able to uh accomplish this and play to this level and get this kind of recognition from the coaches is is just terrific I mean his growth you just don't see guys who get better every single year for seven straight years it's a commitment and to the to who he is uh commitment to the game commitment to to the respect to the franchise it's awesome. Uh, he's having a career year. You know, his three point shooting is I think second or third best of his NBA career, other than maybe a second best other than his rookie year. Uh, he's going on the line nearly seven times a game. Uh, career high rebounds. It's, he's just been he's just been terrific. Uh, and if you kind of go back and just look at how he's evolved, his third year in the league, he's not starting every game. His fourth year, he becomes go to guy and, and barely shoots forty percent, and then he just keeps grinding and getting better and and then I love the stories about this offseason. I mean, I think they're truly remarkable. They start with Gordon basically going to Isaiah Wright and the crew and saying, we're going to tear it all up and start all over. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be here all year. And he bypasses the Olympics for family reasons, but also because I think, truthfully, he, he wants to become great. And he analyzes the situation and says, while selfishly being an Olympic team member is my life dream, and everything I ever wanted to do in basketball, it's not going to help me get better. And so instead, he goes to the coaching staff, he goes to the strength and conditioning coach, and he says, I have not had the success that I want to have. Now let's realize this for a second. This is a guy who's averaging 20 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists a game who goes to the coaching staff and says, I have not had the success I want to have. He signed a max contract. If he had the exact same year he had last year, this year, he'd get another max contract. And yet his approach is, we haven't made the playoffs. We haven't won. I'm not good enough. I haven't been an all-star. I need to be better. And they blow up every single aspect of his workouts and change them. They test him top to bottom, to find out areas where he's athletically deficient. One of the main areas they discover is they decide that the lower body has to have a huge amount of work done to it. As much as we've talked about, and I've talked about this, issue. you walk behind him, you can see it. They've, they look at the rate of his hip extensions and, and how he's doing that. They look at the impact of how his feet hit the ground and how he can be more efficient in that. And so they break it all down, and then they discuss the goals, and here's the coolest thing. His goal is to be a 2017 NBA All-Star, and he decides that they're going to do this new workout plan, and they're going to start at 7 a.m. every single morning. At one point in time, they kind of went to 8, started getting a little middle of the summer, everyone's getting tired, everybody else is gone on vacation, Gordon's still grinding, they moved to 8, and they brought it back to 7. And every morning he'd go in and work with Isaiah Wright, strength and conditioning, physical pounding, weight work, everything else, 7 a.m. in the morning, then go on the floor with Johnny Bryant every single day, then close it out with massage work with Doug or back with Isaiah for recovery, and he'd take his protein shake at the end of the workout, walk over to the wall and put an X on on the wall for another day completed in his work. Guys would be strolling in at 10 a.m. saying, what time did he start? Seven. He worked to get better. They analyzed his game. One of the things they came up with and they looked at is he doesn't like to spin left. He hated to spin left. So what do they do? They worked continually on getting him to spin left. We saw it last night, a a left-hand spin. And those were the subsets. So the big goal was 2017 All-Star, win more, make the playoffs. Okay, how are we going to do that? Well, if I'm, we're going to win more, i am probably got to do this. i got to average 22, 5, and 4. That's going to get me the All-Star game. That's going to get us to win more. If I, How am I going to do that? Well, i got to add a left-hand spin to my move. All right, how am I going to add a left-hand spin? I'm going to have to have better hip mobility and leg strength. Boom. Boom. I'm going to have to have better footwork. Boom. And just working down, subset of subset of achievements. I'm going to have to get more flexible. I'm going to have to get stronger. And he worked and worked and worked. And one, only one time during the summer did they sit, have to sit back down and revisit goals to re-motivate. It's a great story that there's a week in which it was really long. They they had just pounded. They'd gone hard. Um, And uh, I think it was Isaiah said to me that they they decided they were going to take it Friday off. Fridays were boxing days. They did boxing every single Friday. And they were going to take that Friday off. And Gordon's like, we're not taking a Friday off. And they went to do the boxing that day, and he just clicked in. Like The boxing coach was like, wow, that's the best he's ever been. Every few weeks they do pool work to try to add that element of things. Uh, this is not a guy that's the most easily coachable. And so for him to buy into what they're doing, for them to get him to buy in, it's a it's a lot of credit on both sides of the table here to get this to be able to work. Uh, never left town. I mean, worked every single day all summer long to get to a day where he could be a 2017 NBA All-Star. It's, this is how Gordon leads. This is the leadership that he brings to the table. And we've talked about all year. The game's easy to him right now. He's playing great. And uh, a year ago, he figured out how to keep weight on during a season. That was a huge thing. He'd, <laughs> he'd worked in the offseason, but then he'd lose the weight during the season. He's, he's now learned how to keep that weight on. You watch him right now, he's pretty darn consistent. The shots a little, each month the shots got a little bit better. In November, he shot 29% from three in December 41. In January, he's shooting 48% from three. He's getting a little, little bit better each and every month right now. 22 points, five rebounds, three assists a game. Carried the team when George was out. Really a testament to an amazing, remarkable, awesome work ethic, and a commitment to player development on the, co- in the, on the team. I mean, there's a lot of people that deserve a lot of credit. I'm going to give it to Gordon today. He's the one named to an all-star, but there, there's a lot to the story. There's a, there's a culture built by Dennis Lindsay. There's a belief that was given to him by Quinn Snyder. There's a story that's floating around that Quinn Snyder basically sat down with Gordon at one point in time, and said, we can make you an all-star. We, we, we can make you an all-star. Uh, the, the process has taken some time, and Quinn's fulfilled it. Quinn dodged it a little bit uh, last night on the coach's show. I'm going to include Quinn uh, coach's show on the backside of, of this podcast from last night and let you hear what he had to say about Gordon. Uh, coming up here in a little bit, uh and and share that for you at the back end of this of this podcast. But it's a it's an incredible tip of the hat to Gordon, twenty six years old to improve this much, uh, become this player. Uh really it's it's neat. It's it's a fabulous fabulous accomplishment. I think he'll become a better player because of it. Um, I do think, frankly, if the Jazz keep playing well, there's no reason that he uh should exit next year if regards um you know if if you um, if you kind of look at the situation, he, he'll be a free agent, he'll look he'll he'll have a chance to uh, to go see what's out there. that's the right he has. But I would be really surprised by um, you know if if we continue to win, we play well if he does leave. And I do think that this mattered. <clears throat> I think that you know showing you can get the recognition for your work, being in a small market is important. Uh, the flip size Rudy didn't get to be an All Star. Uh, as I've said numerous times, I talked a lot about it on Locked in NBA this week with the coach. I, I, I don't get the Demarcus Cousins thing. I'm stunned that coaches vote for Demarcus Cousins. I just, I, I, he doesn't help you win. He doesn't help your franchise. Maybe he will one day, but right now he certainly does not. And so, for teams to, for coaches to make him an all star is, is hard for me to swallow. DeAndre Jordan, honestly, is not that hard for me to swallow. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the coach on, a, on the podcast kind of gave DeAndre Jordan the edge a little bit too. One, I think DeAndre Jordan uh, has been on the verge of being an all star multiple times. I think that matters. Uh, I think number two, is that you have to um, be on USA Basketball, I think, gives him an edge. I just think that matters. Uh, he does lead the league right now in field goal percentage. He does lead the league in rebounding. Rudy leads the league in blocks. Rudy's a better free-throw shooter, though DeAndre's better this year. He's at 51%, up from 40% two years ago. It's, I have a bigger problem with DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, the other one I would just point out, by the way, <clears throat> this idea that you make the All-Star team once and that oh we'll just keep being All-Stars. Blake Griffin's not an All-Star this year. Carl Anthony Towns is not an All-Star this year. LaMarcus Aldridge is not an All-Star this year. Damian Lillard's not an All-Star this year. I mean, this is quite a team we're talking about. I mean, there, there's some... Nikolai Jokic is not an All-Star. He's not, but he, I mean, he probably will be one day. C.J. McCollum's not an All-Star. Andrew Wiggins wasn't an All-Star. There, there's some pretty fabulous players that are not all-stars right now that Devin Booker, Eric Bledsoe, I don't know if, I, if they'll ever get there, <clears throat> but those are some pretty fabulous players who are not all-stars, which makes, when, you know, when we start talking about, oh, well, you know, Rudy will be an all-star next year, guaranteed, eh, he's got to beat DeAndre, he's got to beat up Blake, he's got to beat out LaMarcus, he's got to beat out Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns is the first one I'm going to say guaranteed. It's hard. It's really a hell of an accomplishment. An unbelievable, unbelievable um, accomplishment. So uh, remarkable, remarkable by Gordon. Too bad Rudy didn't get honored the way I think we all thought he deserved to be. Um, And hopefully he will get that honor. But it's still going to be just as hard coming up. I mean that is that's that's what makes what Gordon has accomplished, and Gordon was honored with yesterday. So fabulous. Jazz won last night. The offense is not quite right. So our offense right now. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, and I'm I'm trying to figure out what's going on. By the end of the night last night, it was okay. The offensive rating last night was a one hundred five point one. Yesterday's show. We kind of ran through it, and I came up with the really brilliant observation that if we just made a few more shots, that things would be better. And I couldn't really come up with anything a great deal better than that for you. I actually think that might be true, frankly. Um, If you look at the Jazz right now in the last five games, they're shooting 27% from three for the season. They're at 36. It's actually the equivalent of, of two or three makes. And if you suddenly make two or three more shots, then... Guess what? You end up having your offensive rating get a little bit better. Um, over the last 20 games, our offense hasn't been quite right, where it's only it's one three a game, and our two point percentage is down maybe one field goal a game. Um, so it, it's it's minute difference between where we are. One thing I think's interesting is as we've picked up the pace, and I know there's a lot of talk last night on TNT about this, as we've picked up the pace, we've become less good offensively. So Denver was a high-paced game. We had a bad offensive game. Oklahoma City was a high-paced game. We had a bad offensive game. Indiana was a high-paced game, one of the highest of the year. We were right on our average. Our, a- our average pace is 93. In the games in which we have played at a fast pace, so let's let's discuss what we're going to define as a fast pace here because our fast pace uh might be different than some others. If if you look at the the league overall the top 6 pace of play teams we almost never you know this is this is why I'm saying we're going to define it because we almost never get to this number. So the top pace of play teams are Brooklyn Golden State, Phoenix, Houston, Denver, New Orleans, Oklahoma City, Lakers, and Indiana. All of them play faster than 100 possessions a game. Uh, We've only crossed 100 against Denver and against Orlando. We've only done it twice all year. Uh, So that's not, for us, that's not high pace. I think we average ninety three point five possessions a game. I mean, it's stunningly slow. The only Dallas is slower, uh, and only three teams are under ninety six point four. So we're really we're really quite slow. Uh, or you know, Quinn had that funny thing about slow the other day. So let's say for us, the average pace in the league is right around ninety eight. Look at what happens to us when we play over 98 possessions. Remember, our offensive average is 106.5. So if we play over 98 possessions in a game, which, again, does not happen uh, very often or even get close to it, against the Lakers in the second game of the year, we played 96. Our offensive rating was a 102.6. Again, remember, 106 is our baseline. Pushed it up to 96 again against Charlotte. We are at 104 below our average. Pushed it up again against Denver at 100 in the twenty in the 15th game on the 23rd of November. 105 was our rating, below our average. Against the Phoenix Suns, we played 98 possessions, fast-paced game, and we were offensively efficient at 115. Uh, and we did that by going to the free throw line, 44% of our shots. We went to the free, went to the free throw line a crazy amount that night. Uh, we then played the Warriors. Our offensive rating was a 97.8. We then played the Warriors. We played 98. Our offensive rating was the worst of the season at 97.5. We got up to 98 possessions against Cleveland in a win. Our pos- was 103.8. Against Orlando, we played 102 possessions, and we... Uh, had, a, had a great offensive night, and again, we went to the free-throw line more than any other time. Against Indiana, we played fast. We were right at our season average. Against Oklahoma City and Denver, we played fast, and we had two of our worst offensive nights of the year. So for all this talk about us needing to pick up our pace, when we do, we're not very good offensively. I don't know why that is. When we do pick up our pace and we're good, it's because we go to the free-throw line a lot, which probably is, means we're aggressive of some sort. But that seems to be the script by which gets us our best offensive nights when we play a high pace, is when we go to the free-throw line a lot. Quite simply, what I think has happened to us is we're not making shots. S- since Orlando, we're shooting our, our three-point shooting percentage in the last about seven, eight games is below 30%. So, truthfully, I think that's the issue. And I think you just have to believe that that's going to come back. But if you go from the Orlando game to last night, we're just not making shots. We have not shot over 35% from three since the 16-31 to game against Detroit. The last seven games, we're shooting 28.5% from three. In the last four games... We're shooting 25.8% from three. I just, I I think we're just not making shots. I know it's so mundane, but the question then is, is there something in the offense that's making it so we're not making shots? We're taking a little bit less from three. Okay, our average is we take 33. This uh, this is actually the only thing I think is disturbing. We take, 30, and this is just guys not making shots, but we take 33% of our shots from three. And that has dropped considerably recently. And that, and so maybe, I mean, as as weird as this sounds, maybe the answer is we actually need to shoot more threes even though we're struggling from three. But that's the one note that's taking place right now uh, with the Jazz, that is a is a little bit maybe to me a little bothersome. So, we take thirty three point one percent of our shots as threes for the season. In our last seven games, we have not hit that number. In thirteen of our last fifteen games, we have not reached that number. Now, that also could be when Derek returned. That that's, that's what we probably should keep an eye on. Is that in 13 of our last 15 games, we suddenly are not getting the same amount of threes we've been taking. In our first 10 games of the year, let me see if I can find where we ranked in the league, because that's really... Games 21 through 30, we took 37% of our shots in three, we're now taking 27 so games 1 through 10 we took the 10th most percent of our the percent of our field goal attempts were threes we were 10th in, in the league. 11 games 11 through 20 we were 10th in the league. Games 21 through 30 we were 2nd in the league. Game 31 through 40 we were 15th in the league and now in the last 8 games we're 19th in the league. So to me that might jump out a tiny bit. Uh of what's wrong with the offense, is despite the fact we're not hitting the three, moreover, we're not actually getting enough of them. If we're not getting enough of them, then is there something happening where we're not getting good enough looks? So that would be the one kind of thought, question that I would have. There is nutty, 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 nuttiness um, going on around the league. It's that time of year. Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo. I think LeBron's upset about... I think Here's LeBron's message to me, by the way. The Kyle Korver thing's not working. Since Kyle Korver's joined the team, that's when they started losing. Their net rating with Kyle Korver on the floor is minus 12. The offense averages 99 points per 100 possessions with Korver on the floor and 112 when he's off. And I think what LeBron is telling, trying to tell David Griffin is, I know you made a move, but it's not enough. Um, and that's my guess on what has LeBron all fired up. And as Cantor punched a chair and is out six to eight weeks? Uh, statistically, this is no surprise. It's going to hurt them offensively, um... It is not going to hurt them defensively. I think it's going to be a wash. Unless they really just don't have anybody else who can score. Um, so, that's... I, I don't think this one's going to be as big an issue for them. I think i think Russell's just carrying that team. Alright, that is locked on Jazz today. Jazz are home on... Uh, When are we home? We're home like three times. We're home Saturday against Memphis, Wednesday against Milwaukee, Saturday against Charlotte. So we're home all week. Get your tickets for an upcoming game. If you'd like to advertise on Locked on Jazz, feel free to email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. Have a great day. This has been Locked on Jazz, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.